You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, I don't think there are many words. Well, there's a lot of words, but I don't think there is a really good place to start to talk about this epic collapse of a season, absolutely pathetic performance of a playoff game. So where I think I'm going to start is we're just going to start where everyone else kind of is in the in the comments before the live stream even started, just kind of by saying thank you to Jason Kelsey to start. Um, we're going to let's before we get there, Shane half is with me as always for shells behind the glass. Welcome into BGN's instant reaction show just jumping on sort of what the last thing that we saw was on that broadcast and what everyone's kind of talking about in the comments over here. You could tell it's over. You could tell it's done. And it's absolutely, it's a, it's a gut punch to watch someone who has given everything to this organization and been everything that, you know, you want out of your Philadelphia Eagles team, been that and more, see it end the way that it did. And, you know, I think that the three three of the guys who kind of went out tonight and gave it their all were Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox and Jason Kelsey. And it's such a shame to see it end the way it did. But if that is it for those three guys, thank you for the last 10 plus years. What is it? 13 for Jason, 12 for Fletch, and 15 for Brandon Graham? Uh, yeah. Uh, Ish. But anyway, starting by saying thank you to those guys because they are the last decade and a half of, of Eagles football. For, and, you know, the Eagles that a lot of people kind of, you know, a lot of newer, younger Eagles fans have grown up watching. So it's a shame to see it go out that way. But Shane, this was, I love it. This was, I mean, where do you even start? I think you started the right place. I mean, I I wore the Kelsey jersey during the game because I said, you know, before the game, this might be the last game he ever plays. And that's sad. And Jason Kelsey is not, I mean, I, I assumed all season before the collapse that this would be the end. It really felt like last year. Had they won the Super Bowl, Kelsey would have ridden off into the sunset. He yeah. came back to give it one more go. And, I mean, his play has not fallen off. Like, it's no. truly phenomenal that his at his age, a guy who relies on his athleticism so much, like, if he's not the best center in the league this year, he's at least top three. You could put Frank Ragnow from Detroit. You can put Creed Humphrey from Kansas City up there in that argument, but he hasn't lost a step and there's no doubt in my mind he could come back next year and again, be a top three center in the NFL. But I do think that's probably it for Kelsey. 
Yeah. And we've known all along, this was probably it for Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. And uh, it, it's just sad. It's the end of an era. Those guys have been in Philadelphia as long as I've been following the team closely. And so yep. it, it really does feel like an end of the, an end of an era in that regard. Yeah. I mean, 13 years ago, how old am I right now? 13 years ago, I was 15 years old and I was a freshman in high school and, you know, I had always loved the Eagles and been such a, you know, diehard Philadelphia sports fan and loved going to games and loved watching games with you know, my dad on Sundays. And, you know, that was such a big part of my life, but the back end of middle school and early in high school is when I really kind of dove in the way that I, I am now. And, you know, you know, you know, all the guys on the team and you feel like they're, you know, they're your buddies and you, you just, the, the way that I've put so much more into the, like, that's when that started. And it's when Jason Kelsey became an Eagle. So it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to kind of think about a team where that he's not a part of all three of them, honestly. And you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I am a very emotional person. I cry at everything, always happy, sad. I am unable to keep it together. I was tearing up when you were just talking right there. Like I, that was getting, I lost it a little bit. There were tears absolutely shed when Brandon Graham got that sack and Nolan Smith came over and they did the celebration together. That like pulled it some heartstrings for me because it, it really is like you knew watching this game that if they lose, this really is the end. And as disappointing as the defense played and as angry as we are at certain things, and as much as we think the entire coaching staff is not going to have a job tomorrow. And, you know, we have our frustrations with the offense and this, that, and the other thing it's, it was impossible to, let all of those other things creep in without just the sheer emotion of it, this kind of being, being the end of an Eagles era. And you, you know, I saw this tweet. I want to say it was actually from, uh, from our, our buddy, Victor. He said, you know, the stories that are going to come out in this off season are going to be damning for this team. We are going to be looking at, I mean, we thought we were going to look at an overhaul after the, you know, 4 11 and 1 2020 team when, you know, they were they were just when they were trading Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson was fired and all those different things, we thought we were going to be looking at a serious overhaul then. I feel like that that's nothing compared to what we're about to be looking at. And I don't think they're going to like trade Jalen Hurts, I'm not saying that, but I think the stories that are going to come out, the way that they're going to overhaul coaching staff, team like I feel like we're going to, we're, we're in for it right now. Yeah. I spent the whole fourth quarter answering questions about coaching candidates. So that's, <laughs> I, I, you will not, some good ones. not that anybody cares about my analysis of that fourth quarter, but you won't get any. Cause I was barely watching the game. I tweeted out my coaching with my coach hires wish list, and, and then I just spent like the next 15 minutes answering questions about other coaching candidates. And then I did a mock draft just for fun. So I didn't watch much of the fourth quarter. It was on the TV. You know, I heard it in the background, but uh, that's, that's where, I mean, the background, that's where, that's where my head's been at for a month. Like really, once you lost to Seattle's backup quarterback, the season was dead. And yeah, 
we tried to hope they would figure something out and i mean they never did there there's not enough words i in an hour post game show i would not be able to adequately articulate the full incompetence of this coaching staff uh in terms of the plan they put out there uh, especially offensively there's some limitations personnel wise defensively there's sure as heck limitations with uh, your ability to tackle on defense but offensively I mean you had you had 10 of 11 starters and AJ Brown's a big loss but did you see the way Devontae Smith played like you have two wide receiver ones and if you can't sustain losing one of them put up nine points on Tampa like Nine points on Tampa is pathetic. This is not a good football team. Uh, this is not a good defense. Uh, they gave up 23 points to the Saints. They gave up 30 points to the Jags, two teams that did not make the playoffs. They couldn't score more than nine points last week against the 2-15 and 15 Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So, I mean, Bucks are not a good football team. And – Honestly, this game could have been, should have been worse. Like the best, the best play the defense had for a majority of this game was Kate Otten or Mike Evans dropping passes. I checked it. I will check it again. I checked it at halftime and uh, Baker Mayfield had a completion percentage over expectation of negative 17%, Jesus, <laughs> which just speaks to the tremendous amount of drops that they had. Um, it was it stinks that in the second half, you know, before that safety, the defense kind of came alive. They they force back to back punts. Uh, they get some, they get some sacks. The pass rush kind of comes alive, and then you get that safety, and the wheels just fall off, and that's inexcusable. Like I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback take a safety on a play that started at the fourteen yard line that did not involve like the snap going over their head. Yeah. To, to And I know that the, I can't remember if it was right guard or left guard. Now I think it was Dickerson got blown up on that play. You can't take a 15 yard sack ever, much less in your end zone. Um, yeah. So that was an awful play by Jalen hurts. And that's where the wheels finally came off. That was the death blow. That's when the game was over. You take that safety and then two plays later, you know, the Buccaneers hit a 56-yard touchdown because James Bradbury, who else, has one of the most pathetic tackle attempts that you've ever seen. Um, oh, that's the other thing I did in the fourth quarter. Actually, that might have been in the third quarter. Uh, I was tweeting about the dead cat for cutting James Bradbury. So yes, uh, if you want to know, you can designate him a post-June 1 release. Uh, it'll cost you 4.7 million in dead cap next year and 12.5 million in 2025. So all in all that should be done immediately, but I don't know if they will or not. They can replace him with my toddler and it might be as effective, if not a little bit more effective. They can replace him with Keely Ringo, like Keely Ringo can tackle. Probably better. I, I tweeted that on, I tweeted on the first drive of the game when they got him to a third and three or whatever it was yep. threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage and James Bradbury missed a tackle and they picked up the first down. And I tweeted and said, Keely Ringo would not have missed that tackle. And that's all James Bradbury did for the rest of the game was miss tackles, get outrun by tight ends on crossing routes. Like 
James Bradbury, it's it's incredible how much worse he is this year than last year. Just totally fell apart. Uh, like legitimately, if the Eagles cut him, I don't think anyone will sign him. Like I legitimately don't know if he would get a vet minimum contract next year. That's how bad he was this season to roll into a playoff game and decide to put him out there instead of Keely Ringo, who had played really well. That's just un- unconscionable. Gave me an aneurysm. Uh, I, it just like, it was one of those things where you're like, this can't possibly be worse than anything we've experienced so far this year, right? And then you sit down and it starts happening. And you're just like, like you go through stages of like jaw droppage and then eventually it gets to the point where you just laugh. Like it got third quarter, my husband and I were just laughing when these things happened because if we didn't laugh, we would cry. Because I mean, and and you're you're exactly right. They did pull him out at one point. I don't know why they put him back in, but they did pull like I think it was in the second quarter. They did pull him out and he was just standing on the sideline hands on hips and you know, there didn't seem to be anything wrong with him aside from the fact that he was playing like garbage. But I don't know why Why make the decision to put him back in at that point. Yeah. Like, I, no decision they make makes any kind of sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, their personnel management's baffling. Like, at a certain point, you got to put young guys on the field and, and let them play. And the time to do that was two months ago when the defense was falling apart and they didn't do it. And it's hard to go there in a playoff game, but it's also hard to get embarrassed on the road by a nine and eight team in the playoffs too. And that's what the Eagles did. So uh, just really poor showing all around. Like the offense is absolutely the problem here. I mean, the defense gave up some points in the set. The defense wasn't good in the first half. I mean, they, they only got one punt. Uh, A lot of their field goal stops were aided by drops. They turned it on in the second half for a little bit, and then they totally quit. And that's a whole conversation we could have too. Defense totally quit in the second, in the fourth quarter. But the offense was just pathetic, and I think that's where you've got to start when you do the autopsy on the Eagles' 2023 season. Um, there's plenty of blame to go around, but at the end of the day, the offense, the offense underwhelmed down the stretch, and, and that's the biggest issue for me. Like the doesn't excuse the tackling the defensive personnel the roster construction the coaching like I said there is plenty of blame to go around but going into this game you knew your offense had to win it for you and they put up nine points what I was literally just this this comment right here I was just going to reference this so I was going to say what did you I don't know if you saw this report come out I'm assuming you did but what are your thoughts on that and how much stock do you put in that kind of giving the thought to, you know, one, the players don't quite understand or know confidently who is calling the plays. They're not sure that they can confidently say that Brian Johnson is the one calling the plays or if it's Nick Sirianni, because there was the one instance, I believe it was in the Washington commanders game where there was the third down call that Brian Johnson made and Nick Sirianni overruled it. It was a pass play. Nick Sirianni overruled it with a run and they didn't convert. And 
what have you. So they don't confidently know who is actually calling plays. In addition to that, part of that report was that Jalen had sent, had gone in and said, I want to add X, Y, Z to the offense. I think we need to be more creative in this area, add some more things over the middle of the field, get some more crossers involved, get AJ Brown involved in what he is good at doing and how he can be most helpful to our offense. And Brian Johnson slash Nick Sirianni, whoever was essentially like, no, I think we're good with what we have. Yeah, I, there's going to be, we're going to find out a lot uh, in the next week or so as people's heads roll over this and stories start to come out. I've said all along, <clears throat> I, I can suspect where the issues lie, but I don't know for certain and, and we'll never know fully. But it's clear the offense is fundamentally broken. Is it because Nick Sirianni has an overriding philosophy of hyper focus on explosive plays. And, you know, this is his offense and Brian Johnson's just calling the plays from his offense. So is the issue all with Sirianni? Is it with Brian Johnson, who's doing a poor job of calling the plays and Sirianni's trying to hand more off to him? Is it Jalen hurts or his preferences? What's driving this offense? I don't know. Like, it could be some combination of those things, but sure. I tend to fall back to, and Nick Sirianni has said, this is his offense and I'm going to go with that until it's proven. Otherwise, uh, I think the biggest issue is this offensive philosophy. And if it's hurts preferences that is limiting this offense so much, it's still your job as a coach to say, sorry, I'm the coach. Uh, I'm the captain here. I'm making these decisions and that's not happening. And so I don't know. Uh, I don't know how you parse out exactly what's going on, but it's clearly broken. And at the end of the day, that comes down to your offensive court or your, your, your offensive minded head coach. And if you want to say that you retain Nick Sirianni and you get rid of Brian Johnson and you bring in an offensive coordinator, it better be an experienced guy and you better get out of his way. Like you can't halfway do this. You can't scapegoat Brian Johnson. Cause I'm pretty sure most of this is Sirianni anyways, and then bring in somebody else and still meddle. I feel the same way about that as I do with Howie, Howie build the roster, quit meddling with the coaching and personnel decisions. Nick, if you're here, bring in an offensive coordinator. Stop meddling. Like, the buck has to stop with somebody. And you gave up play calling in 2021 for a reason, because it wasn't working. It just makes me think that you're trying to get back. Him trying to get back into it is not the answer. It already didn't work when you had a great offensive coordinator in Shane Steichen and you were trying to meddle and call plays. You handed it over. Like hire somebody you trust and get out of their way. Now, I don't even know if he's got the autonomy to do that because maybe how he's dictating all these coordinator hires as well. And, and that's where it's so difficult to parse. I don't know what the issues yeah. is. What I know is that the Eagles had a playoff game today and people in that locker room spent the last week anonymously talking to reporters to plant narratives to get ahead of this coming loss so they could try to set the narrative about whose fault it was you've got the tim mcmanus Always. thing putting it on nick sirianni you've got the 
Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer article putting it on Jalen Hurts. You had another uh, tweet break putting it all on Brian Johnson. You've got all these people that their focus in the lead up to this game was let's get ahead of this coming loss and set the narrative for why it all went wrong. And I mean, you kind of knew it was over when those stories came out today. And it's just, it's, but it's, it's disappointing as a fan to see that happen. And then the team come out like they quit that they like, they didn't care that they had a playoff game today. Like they already booked their vacations for their flights to leave tomorrow or Wednesday. And they didn't want to change those flights. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, I, I think, I think Nick Sirianni would have been your coach in the fall. If they won this game tonight, I don't know how Nick Sirianni makes it through the next 24 hours. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening, especially if you look at it and, you know, you're, you know, reading too much into Twitter, right. As we all do, there's a clip that just came out um, of, you know, Jalen Hurts and, and Howie Roseman kind of having a moment walking into the locker room, big hug, you know, a little bit of conversation, but ultimately like big hug, you kind of a, a, a reassurance to Jalen Hurts, if you will, is what it, it looks like. Um, you know, you're not, if, if, if you're working with a head coach that this guy who you have just guaranteed $200 million to you're, you're, if this guy doesn't want this head coach back, this, this head coach isn't coming back. And if you this this guy walks in and said, "Hey, all that stuff that we did last year that we were so successful doing, and I was a runner-up for MVP, and the best one of the best players in the NFL, and we almost won a Super Bowl with, let's put that stuff back in the offense." And the head coach and offensive coordinator, or some combination of the two, say, "No, I think it's fine with what we have. We'll just stick with it. It'll, it'll all be okay." That guy can't keep his job. Yeah. I- I yeah I'm I'm over I'm over the Sirianni thing. Next Gen Stats just tweeted just tweeted gotcha. this out. Jalen Hurts was under pressure in under 2.5 seconds 13 times, tying a career high. The Buccaneers generated 10 unblocked pressures, tied for the most in a game by any defense this season. Get this offensive coaching staff the heck out of here. Get them out. At the end of the day, like. I know that Jalen Hurts didn't have the year that we hoped he would. But you would be hard-pressed to convince me that he's not the reason that they're 11 and 6 or were 11 and 6 and not 6 and 11. Yeah. I mean, you know, the turnovers obviously were were a problem. Um, you know, there's obviously a list of, you know, a fraction of those turnovers that you know, I, I still, I, I, I will die on this hill that I think interceptions should not just solely be charged to the quarterback. I think that they should have the ability to be given to someone else. Like, you know, it, it's not his fault that Dallas Goddard slipped and fell and, you know, they, they take it back for six, you know, playing the, the New York giants, right? Like things like that, or, you know, last year, the freak play where it bounced off Goddard's heel, things like that, where you're like, come on, like, do we really have to give this man an interception for that? 
But anyway, I digress. So there's a you know fraction of those that you're just like, but you know other people are turning the ball over as well. The, that the game against Dallas where Devontae fumbles, which is really unlike him. AJ fumbles, which is really unlike him in that situation. Things like that. But you know he didn't have the year that we hoped he would have. But without Jalen Hurts, we are looking at a much different type of collapse than just you know the final six games of the season you're looking at a night and day from 2022 to 2023 yeah it's there's you just you just have to have an offensive system like maybe we need to have a conversation about hurts put him in an actual offensive system and then let's have that conversation at the end of next season because there isn't a quarterback in the league that would be able to survive what the Eagles were scheming up out here. Like, it's just a joke. There's, there's no, yeah, there's just no way around it. 10 unblocked pressures. Like I said last week, the Eagles went into empty before halftime against the giants and the giants just blitz six because that's what you do. You get a free runner because the, you're guaranteed a free runner only sending six. And the Eagles have no answers for that. At least nope. if, if you have a running back in the backfield, they have to send seven to guarantee that because they don't know if he's going to stay in block or not. Then if they send seven and he doesn't block, you got multiple guys running at wide open. And so like, I like empty. I said, then you just can't do that. They come out the very next play and they called another play from empty and got a six man blitz and then they every turn around and they down. do it That's what they did on every third down yeah and it's then the you reason come why to this they went game. over on third down right you come to this game what do they do every third down they go empty the buccaneers blitz six we run four verticals like i tweeted i tweeted the gift from uh napoleon dynamite where uh the guy says i bet i can throw that i bet i can throw the football over those mountains like that's the Eagles plan against the blitz just hurts drop back, throw it off your back foot with a free runner in your face and hope somebody's 30 yards downfield and can make a play. That's the answer. You cannot evaluate a quarterback in that. Like, and this is not me being a hurts apologist that that safety that hurts took is unforgivable. A rookie yes. quarterback should not do that. That was yes. horrific. And hurts has had, Hurts bears his share in the blame. Yes. Coaching is supposed to make a player better. The coaching the Eagles put out there this year made Hurts and everyone around him worse. So you fix the coaching. You fix some of the roster construction issues. And then you go from there reevaluating people next year. Except James Bradbury. You get him out of here now. You can start there. Yeah, that's, there's no scheme that can fix around. that. That's a lot of work to do. Oh, I'm glad it's not my job to do it. <laughs> Let's draft a linebacker. Good. How about we get an actual NFL linebacker? No, that's silly. Why would we do that? That doesn't help. That was a joke, by the way, for anyone that wants to come <laughs> at me for saying that. Just, just to be clear, that's a joke. Ha ha. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cowboys at least got eliminated before we did. First team in NFL history to lose to a seven seed. So that's what I'm just going to keep telling myself to yeah. feel better. Because at least I got some joy from that yesterday. This is why I so desperately wanted the Eagles game to be on Saturday. Because that would have made you feel better. How you feel would be different if you watch this game first and then watch the Cowboys game. But Watching the Cowboys game was fun, but knowing this was coming just lessened that a little bit. But now we're free. Like, yes. it got to the point where I was like, you know, they they could come back from this still and win. But do I want to have to do this for another week? Like, do I want to be a part of this misery for another week. Not, not really. Yeah. I, I want them to win, but I don't want to do this again. <laughs> yeah. I told, I, I was telling my wife during the fourth quarter, like my kids went to bed after the first quarter and I was like, I'm torn between like, I would like for them to win so I can watch another full game with them next Sunday. But if they lose, I don't have to keep watching film for this miserable, pathetic football team. And I guess it's just silver linings, like either outcome, there would have been some things to be happy about. So I guess yeah. the way uh, the thing I'm happy about now is I've only got one more game of all 22 to watch uh, for the next, like, I don't know, seven months. And, you know, as much as I love talking to you about this at ridiculous hours during the week, you know, Chris is right. There is a silver lining. We will have many more 1 p.m. games next season. Many more 1 p.m. games, which we love. You can watch more games with your kids. They don't have to go to bed in the middle of the games. We don't have to stay up talking until midnight Eastern Coast time. Those, those are the silver linings here. And, you know, everything else you mentioned of only having to watch one more round of film and not having to to continue to do this again. But we are, oh God. I think they should yeah. go for a new NFL record and get six Monday night games next year. Jesus Christ. No. <laughs> the best thing about right now is the fact that there is snow falling in the greater Philadelphia area and schools are already announced on a two hour delay tomorrow. So that is beneficial for me. Maybe I'll get some better news in the morning that schools ultimately canceled and I don't have to do any sort of driving or pickup or anything like that but um let's hope the Sixers play better tomorrow night because uh I'm going to that game and I would really like for them to pick me up a little bit here 
that'd be that'd be kind yeah you talk about talk about snow falling there it's so ridiculously cold in all right you're in the you're in the midwest where like okay so relevant to like because obviously everyone's seen and talking about the temperatures in in kansas city and everything over the weekend what are you currently experiencing from a temperature perspective yeah we were like seven degrees yesterday uh, a pipe froze in one of my walls. I got that thought out. Uh, Good. I some I saw somebody say that in Oklahoma yesterday it was like 24 degrees colder than it was in Anchorage, Alaska, which is fun. Um, so maybe yeah. I just need to move to Alaska. I don't know if that's true or not, but I definitely saw someone say that. I have a cousin that lives in Alaska. She just moved there, and it's stunning, stunning there. However, the coldness, negative 20 wind chill in Denver right now. Our our low today was two degrees right here. And what about with the wind chill? Uh very much colder. Like I think our yeah. I think our wind chill got down to like negative twenty-eight, which at a certain point, it's just cold. Like yeah. it's not like 10 degrees colder even matters. Yeah. So, like, but the, the coldest I've ever experienced was at the Super Bowl in Minnesota. It was negative 10. It was two degrees when we landed at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And it was negative 10 when we walked out of the stadium with a wind chill of negative 30. Yeah. That was the coldest I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah. The- the good news is it it's going to be really cold again tomorrow, but then Wednesday it's going to almost be 50. So that's Oklahoma weather for you. We just, you know, if you don't like it, you just wait a couple of days and it radically changes. So 50 is on Wednesday. It'll be great. That's insane. That's literally insane. That's like a literally, it's almost a 70 degree swing. Yes. Like with the wind. That's absurd. No. I, yeah. Let's see. What is it right now? in my 24 degrees feels like 20. Okay. That's not too bad. That's not too bad compared to what you're dealing with at the moment, but it is snowing here currently. (laughs) I feel like at the end of the show, you have to outro the show by saying, thanks for joining us for the BGN instant meteorology show or something (laughs) like that. We've moved on from the Eagles. We're over it. I guess we have to pull Rachel in though and talk about what's going on on Twitter. And then we'll wrap up with some more anybody else's weather forecast. If you like to join in and let us know what your city's doing at the moment. Yeah. You know, if we, Jess, if you and I want to keep podcasting together during the off season, we could just do like a quick weather update once a week, put it on the BGN feed 10 minutes. We can talk meteorology. It'd be fun. Love that. You're on. How bad, Rachel? Um, it's bad, you know. Yeah. But this is the last one we'll have to do. Somebody already asked in the comments if we're going to be doing a like BGN draft coverage, like live show, which we will be doing. So that's something to look forward to. But we got some time for that. Um, and so until then, this is what is currently on Twitter. Um, Fire Nick Sirianni. That's like all over so far. Um, I'm in shambles. Somebody said, well, not surprised. I think a lot of us kind of felt that way. A lot of people definitely picked the Bucks. Like a lot of Eagles fans I know go BL. I don't know if BLG picked them, but a lot of people just weren't optimistic going into the game. So that's definitely very much so fitting. Um, sometimes football hurts. Glad it's over. There's a ton of those. Like finally it's over. Fired Nick Sirianni, which you guys already touched on. 
finally it's over, crashed and burned, which they definitely did down the stretch of the season. Not surprised. Time to heal. That was pretty positive, you know, trying to be positive. I get it. So that's probably the most positive one that I'm seeing. Um, but yeah, so and then bye bye Bradbury. There's a few of those. So Nick Sirianni fired uh, James Bradbury. Got to go. That's pretty much like the consensus in big loser energy for just the entire team. I will say, though, Brandon Graham just said he wants to come back for one more seat farewell season if the Eagles will have him back. Oh, OK. All right. How does he feel about being the defensive coordinator? <laughs> I don't mind that. <laughs> but see, I, but see, here's the thing. I don't I say that now, but I don't want to hate him in 12 months. Like, I don't want to be so <laughs> angry at Brandon Graham because Brandon Graham can ne like I will never say a bad word about Brandon Graham. I don't want to be mad at Brandon Graham. He can do no wrong. You know so, what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to. I don't want him to. To I don't want that to happen. Yeah, like, okay. I, I don't want that. All right. I appreciate that everyone is letting us know how much that they've enjoyed our venting sessions. Mm -hmm. But to close this one out, my question to you guys is: Who are you throwing your support behind for the rest of the playoffs now that the Eagles aren't there? Oh, that's pretty easy for me. I was going to say, Rachel, I think I know your answer. I think everybody here knows <laughs> who my support is behind. Baltimore Ravens. That's that's who needs to win it. Yeah, I'm going to – sadly, Rachel, mine is behind the Houston Texans right now. But, okay, but after they lose to Baltimore uh, this weekend, <laughs> it will be fully behind Baltimore because I, I love Lamar. Uh, I have – I've been I've been a Lamar stand for a long time, so glad to see him getting a lot of recognition this year. And then on the NFC side, the Packers are such a fun team. And I'm not okay. just saying that because they beat the Cowboys, but I picked the Packers to win the NFC North this season, and that looked really bad when they were two and six, and they played unbelievable football down the stretch. Um, people that didn't think that they had a shot to beat the Cowboys just hadn't watched the Packers enough. They've been so good down the stretch. Now they will probably get beaten down by the 49ers next week. Uh, but I'm rooting for them pretty heavily as well. I am. I think I will be behind whoever comes out the winner of that Texans Ravens game. Okay. Whoever comes out on top, I'm, I'm all in on that team on the AFC side. And then, Whoever comes out again, I know they're not playing each other, but whoever comes out with a win throughout the weekend, the Lions or the Packers, I think all four of those teams, fun quarterbacks to watch. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jared Goff's not that fun, but <laughs> what he is doing in response to, you know, what he kind of had happened to him in, in LA has been fun. Watching the Lions team has been fun. So I think there's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. in the playoffs this year and now that the eagles aren't there to ruin my mood all the time and the cowboys are also eliminated which is a thrill for everyone um i yeah there's a lot of, of fun teams in there and i love watching lamar play i love what D'Amico ryans has done with the texans and cj stroud has been so much fun to watch and you know obviously the lions are a great story and the packers also you know i think it's really interesting to watch how they've developed quarterbacks and like Aaron Rodgers sitting for however many years behind Brett Favre and coming to be what he was and same with Jordan Love and really developing into his own. So I'm, 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 I think we're all on kind of the same page there. Anyone, but that's not like, no one wants to see the bills do it. No one wants to see 
I would be fine with the Bills doing it too. The Bills are the Bills are okay. If we're ranking the having to deal with the 49ers or the Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, okay. we're all taking the Bills. Yes, out of absolutely. The no yeah. question. Yeah. I would like to see the Bills win one, but they're definitely like third out of the four AFC teams. Is there four? Yeah, four. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely third out of the four AFC teams for me right now because I would much rather see Baltimore or Houston win. Yeah, that'd be way more fun. I and and you're right. I want that for Lamar. I listen. I'm I'm so tired of the I want my quarterbacks to look quarterbacky thing that yeah. I just I want Lamar to go and shut everybody up. It'd be a lot of fun. I want Same. the Raven the Ravens go win their Super Bowl, and then I want half of their staff to be the Eagles coaching staff <laughs> next year. So. <laughs> Somebody here said go Denard Wilson. Well, it could have yeah. been if Jonathan Gannon. Yep, it's exact head coach Todd Munkin, offensive coordinator yeah. for the Ravens, defensive coordinator Denard Wilson, defensive backs coach for Baltimore, and then for offensive coordinator, bring me Zach Robinson. He's the been a passing game coordinator for the Rams since 2019. Uh, he also was a quarterback for Oklahoma State, so I'm really familiar with him back in the day. He beat OU a time or two, and I wasn't happy about it then. But that's my staff. Bring me Munkin, Robinson, and Wilson. Okay. All right. I think we should replace Howie Roseman with Shane, and I think everything would be fine. We'd all be fine. Let's get a petition going. I will say, here's a very funny tweet. Um, Someone tweeted, at Eagles, don't tweet a damn thing until you've dealt with the Italian. And (laughs) I will say that even in these terrible moments – Philadelphia Eagles fans remain undefeated in the hilarity that we can bring to a situation. Because when people are trying to troll us, there is no one that's going to be meaner to ourselves than each other and how mad we are at our own team. So nothing else uh, matters. And that's hilarious. Also, um, Jason Kelsey, reporters were waiting to speak with him and he just said, no, guys, not today. Okay and left yeah if we're if we're committed to the bit of getting me on an eagle staff somewhere you guys just have to know up front i'm bringing johnny with me okay well Listen, it'll be a brain we, trust. we need some sort of change okay? yes that works he's got so. yeah and then i am deactivating twitter for the rest of my life because i don't Stop want it. y'all coming after me on twitter <laughs> A lot of free agents this offseason. There's really that list of free agents. Mm-hmm. The only one I'm bringing back is Brandon Graham. If he wants to come back, you let him come back as many times as he wants. But the rest of that list, see ya. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument for DeAndre Swift as well. I was going to say, he was going to be my other Which is going to eat up a roster spot. I don't know why, know why they keep running backs on their roster at this point. Are you kidding me? DeAndre Swift got the first two carries of the game and got one more the entire first half. He's not coming back here. Yeah. It said the Eagles had the fewest rushing yards in a playoff game in franchise history. 41. What? What? Yeah, no, they're not bringing him back. They're going to let him go and re-sign Rashad Penny. <laughs> I want to die. So yeah, so Kelsey probably retiring. Cox, I would assume Cox retires, right? I I, I don't know. Maybe he goes and plays somewhere else another year. No, what? No. I, I, 
Like if he want if he wants to play another year, yeah. Are the Eagles going to bring him back at this point? I mean, he played well this year. It was probably the best year he he's played in the last three or four. I guess he played well tonight. You mm-hmm. pro- you probably bring Cox back if he wants to do another year. I'm just not sure that he will want to do that. Uh, and then you got Brandon Graham. You bring him back. I think uh, Marcus Mariota, DeAndre Swift, Boston Scott. Yeah, I mean, you don't even use Boston Scott against the Giants anymore, so there's nope. no point. Zach Cunningham, Alameda Zacchaeus. I wouldn't mind Alameda Zacchaeus coming back as a wide receiver three slash four. Don't even, but don't even think about bringing Quez Watkins. Braden Man, bring back Braden Man. He did a good job punting down the stretch. Okay. But yeah, there's honestly outside of the big three that we talked about, there's not a lot of free agents, so. Yeah, it's not too bad. Oh, I'm ready for bed. Yeah. I need to sleep this one off. Yeah, This is just horrible. But at least we don't have to do it again. I'll miss you both very much. I know. But I, don't, I can't. I can't. Until the draft. We'll always Until- have our weather podcast updates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think the temperature has dropped uh, where I am uh, in the last 10 minutes. It hasn't. Oh, it now feels like 19 degrees. The wind has picked up okay. a little bit and it is still snowing. So pray that I don't have to do any drives to school tomorrow. Shout out to you for tuning in right here. It says it's 5 a.m. Oh, wow. Where Shout are out. you? Where are you? That's yeah. got to be that's got to be like the UK, right? Is it the UK? That's, yeah. No. Five hours ahead. That, yeah, That's the right UK. time zone. I know yeah. that because when I schedule with Johnny, he's six hours mm-hmm. ahead of me, and that's six hours ahead of me. So I'm going to guess that's the UK. Yeah. Oh. England. Yes. England. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. Nick Sirianni's press conference is starting. That's that's my cue to, yep. to go and watch. That's <laughs> my cue. To, that, no, that's my cue to shut down my phone. I'm absolutely not. I can't handle anymore. I'm going to prioritize my mental health, and I'm going to go to bed. I'm not going to – I'm going to – do not disturb my phone. I will say nothing. We can talk about this in the morning. My God. It will be up on at the podium. So if you want to hear it, it'll be up tomorrow morning. (sighs) Yeah. Do that. Everyone prioritize your mental health and listen to listen to the thing on on Bleeding Green Nation and don't (laughs) don't do it right now. Right. You won't be able to sleep tonight. No. Mm -mm. Uh all right. Well, 45 minutes of a show. It's after midnight on the East Coast. I want our friends in the UK to be able to go to bed as well. So let's wrap it up from here. For the full season, thank you so much to everyone for joining us all season long through the 10 and 1 highs and the, you know, lost six of their last seven lows. We really appreciate you guys jumping on with us at all different hours, especially with all the primetime games this year and the flexes and everything. So thank you guys so much for jumping on with us. We will be back for the draft. Shane and I will talk about some weather here and there as well. If that's really, you know, if there's high demand for that, of course, but make sure you're checking out everything. I'm sure there will be plenty coming out, especially over the next couple of weeks and throughout the whole off season on bleeding green nation for myself, Shane, Rachel, thank you so much again. This is the BGN instant reaction show, and we will talk to you soon. Go birds, I guess. Go birds. Go Texans.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.